having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. They departed for their country by another way. Why? Right? What happened? Why change the course of their way home? Now, the simple answer, of course, is what? Herod, avoid him. He's after us. Let's change our course so that he he cannot track us. But I think there's a much deeper answer to the question as to why the three magi returned home by a different way. And actually, everyone, on this first weekend of 2022, I think the answer to that question has something to say about our life here at St. Mary's. More on that here in just a moment. But first, let me begin by proposing another question. It's a question that many of you have probably not verbalized very often. It's a question that when you get in the van after Mass today, you probably don't typically ask. But it's a question that must be answered with a certain level of confidence for all of us. And the question is two words. And here it is. Why Israel? As I mentioned, probably not a question that keeps you up at night. But honestly, can you answer it? Why Israel? Now, the reason that's such an important question is, can you remember the last time at Mass when you did not hear some passing or very direct reference to Israel or the people of Israel or the Jewish people or the Jewish faith? It might be in a homily. It might be in a reading. It might be in a song. We are constantly making references to this place called Israel. Do you know why? Has it been explained to any of us? Can we explain it with some confidence? Why Israel? So let me give it a shot. The people of Israel, everyone, believe and have always believed since their formation that they are the chosen people of God. Now we hear that and say, how arrogant chosen people of God. Right? Honestly. But that's what they believe. But here's why the people of Israel is the most unexpected candidate to be God's chosen people. First, in their thousands of years of existence, they have always been a small, insignificant nation and people, always. In comparison to countries and cultures around them, They have always been a second-rate, third-rate nation. Take your pick in terms of measuring that. Economically, culturally, military powerly, whatever it is, Israel has always been weak in a second-rate, third-rate nation. They've constantly been conquered by their neighboring nations, whether it's Persia, Babylon, Greece, Rome. We could go on. But they are always getting beaten up, always weaker than their neighboring nations, less sophisticated, less advanced, less technological. Again, everyone, what I'm trying to point out for us here is the people of Israel have always been insignificant. Now, here's the kicker. 
they hold the astonishing and highly unlikely view that their God is not just their God, but the God that the people of Israel worship, they believe, is the God of the whole world. Do we ever like stop and think about that? That every culture, every nation around them had a God that they worshipped. The Romans did, the Persians did, the Greeks did. They all had their own national God or gods. But the people of Israel held, again, the rather arrogant belief that the God who revealed himself to them as a nation, as a people, is not just for themselves, but a God for the whole world. Isn't that incredible? But here's one step further. We believe that too. We as Christians believe that the God of Israel is in fact the God of the nations, the God of the world. And to push it one step even further, we even sing and proclaim that there would be a day when, Lord, every nation on earth will come to adore you. Every nation on earth will come to adore you. I hope that sounds familiar. We just sang it five times. We believe a day would come when every nation on earth would come to adore who? The God of Israel. Okay. Everyone, that brings us to today. That brings us to the Feast of the Epiphany. The word epiphany is a big fancy word that simply means manifestation. So by three wise men, three magi, three non-Jews, the day has come when every nation on earth, every non-Jewish nation would come to adore the God of Israel. That day has come. God is now manifest. Hey, Israel, I'm not just for you. I'm for all nations. I'm for all people. I'm for the entire world. And now the nations represented by these three wise men come to adore who? The God of Israel. In the flesh, Jesus the Christ. So now everyone... Do you see for a moment why this is so important that we understand that the God of Israel is the God of the nations, the God of the German Russians, the God of the Irish, the God of the Scandinavians, the God of all people in the person of Jesus? Where am I going with this? In light of this manifestation, this epiphanizing of the God of Israel to the God of the nations, to the people of the nations, I have some very exciting, exciting news for all of you here this weekend. In fact, I want to make an introduction to you. If you've been paying really close attention to what we've been doing this past year here at St. Mary's, I want you to know that it's been intentional. In the words of Clark W. Griswold, thanks for noticing art. What we've been trying to do has been intentional in not just my whimsical ways, 
Let me explain. It might be a homily. It might be something happening here in liturgy. It might be a bulletin column. It might be a new initiative. It might be something we don't do anymore. Everything we're trying to do has been intentional around this one area of focus. What we're trying to do and what I've been trying to do, everyone, is provide a certain backdrop of our next move. And on this first weekend of 2022, I want to let you in on a little insight as to what this next move is. And here it would be. For this founding parish of our diocese, to be a parish where missionary disciples are formed and sent. Let me say that again. For this founding parish of our diocese to be focused and intentional in a whole new way on being a place where missionary disciples are formed and sent. And now it's time to introduce those who are going to do it. Are you ready? It's you. I'm not bringing anyone in. No religious orders. No focused missionaries. No net team. Not search. Everyone, it's you. The church's vision has always been that it is the responsibility and mission of the baptized to be disciples in our culture, society, and our world. Not me. Not Deacon Dan. Not the staff across the street. Not Bishop Kagan down the road. Not just a few of us. The church's vision that I am obligated to be committed to has always been that it is the responsibility of the baptized to be missionary disciples who are formed and sent. And guess where that is meant to happen? At the parish. Not at Catholic schools, not at the University of Mary, right here in our own backyard. The church's vision for parish life is for this to be a place where missionary disciples are formed and sent. You just thought you were coming to Mass this morning, didn't you? I know. I can see it. But I can also see that you're ready and hungry and eager. Now, there's a lot of questions around this, right? What does this mean? What does this look like? What does this feel like? Maybe even what does this smell like? So here's the plan. This is going to take some time. And we're going to be highly intentional and detailed in doing so. We're going to take the next nine weeks. Why nine weeks? January and February are kind of cold months. We're coming in the post-Christmas blues. But the next nine weeks lead us up to Lent. The first weekend of Lent is the first weekend of March. So that gives us a great window for these next nine weeks from now until Lent to be highly focused on answering the question, what does this mean for us? What does it mean to be a missionary disciple? What does it mean to be a parish that does that? What does it mean to form and to send? 
What does all of this mean? So Father Vetter and I are committed over the next nine weeks in our homily every weekend to be offering a series on what it means to be a people who are formed and sent to be missionary disciples. And we're going to start next weekend with baptism on the feast of the baptism of the Lord. Now, in case you think I've totally lost it this time and you've been waiting for the day, I want you to know that I'm in some good company. The man that God has appointed at this time in history to lead us as Catholics, Pope Francis says this, let us go forth to offer everyone the life of Jesus. If something should rightly disturb us and trouble our consciences, it is the fact that so many of our brothers and sisters are living without the strength, light, and consolation of friendship with Jesus, without a community of faith, without meaning and a goal in life. Does that sound familiar to you? Do we live in a culture, in a world, in which our own brothers and sisters, our own sons and daughters, our own grandsons and granddaughters, our siblings, our co-workers, our parents, are living without the light, consolation, and strength that comes from the gospel? How many of us in our community try to do so without the strength of a parish supporting them? How many of us oftentimes lack meaningfulness, and purposefulness in life, as our Holy Father says. But everyone, this isn't just about them. This isn't just about our kids and grandkids, our spouses, our parents. This is also about us. Because everyone, we need to be very frank and honest with ourselves that there are places in my own heart that have not fully engaged the faith. There are places in my own heart that have not fully engaged the gospel. And what this is about is not just engaging those around us, but first making sure our hearts are engaged in the mission entrusted to us by Jesus through baptism. Simple enough? That's what we're doing. So back to that question. Why did those three wise men change their course? I'm looking at the stable right now. I spent a long time yesterday morning making room for them. There they are. It's kind of like some of you, your folks were ready to get you out of the house. Why did they change their course? Because they met someone, didn't they? They laid down their lives in front of someone. They encountered in a personal way, not just the God of Israel, but the King of the nations, Jesus. Dear parishioners and friends, may we in 22 and many, many years from now be a parish who have done what they have done. Met Jesus in a personal, intimate, life-changing way so that we can then return home maybe by a different way than in the past so we may become a parish and a place where missionary disciples are formed and sent who are they? It's you. Everyone, just one announcement here this morning. In my excitement, I forgot one practical thing. Uh, in the weeks ahead, if you happen to miss one of our masses here, a, a different mass at a different parish, I'd ask that you check out our homilies online um, just to kind of keep, keep up with our nine-week series. 
not because what we say is so great by any means, don't get that impression, but it's kind of like watching a TV show and missing an episode. You're saying, what happened last week? And so that's our intention that each week we build as we go through this nine-week series. So you can go to our parish website if you happen to miss one of our masses. And also to check out the bulletin, we'll be putting all kinds of information and more context and kind of uh, other supplements in our bulletin as well on this whole new initiative we are undertaking together.